Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. So I'm so happy to be back here with Amara, my bestie. This is now our third episode we're doing together. Can you believe and it? Her beautiful mother, Norma, who I have loved for many years, is also joining us. And um, I just want to start by saying I'm completely unqualified to be having these conversations because I was telling Amara, I, I haven't known the, like through history of what African Americans have had to go through. And I am starting to learn. I watched the movie 13th last night and I watched Oh God, that's a night. good movie. Oh my yeah. God. And it's just. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's Ava powerful. DuVernay is such an outstanding talent. We are so lucky to have her and blessed that she's a part of our community. And community, I mean collective community. All of us can learn from her because I'm learning things that I didn't know either. What are you? And I had an uncle in the, well, I had an uncle that used to be a warden of Jessup, which is an um, institution here in Maryland, not too far away from from where we live. And um, it's just phenomenal, just in terms of what the 13th Amendment has done and is doing, um, Mm. just by putting us uh, under that slavery kind of category again. And uh, of all ways, I knew that the prison system was lucrative. I knew that it was a way for businesses to join in. We've had uh, some ex-presidents who, uh, you know, made a lot of money from it, from, uh, from institutionalizing more black and brown men. And um, it was phenomenal. It was such an eye-opener. But it, it's, it was also sad. You know, it's a deep, deep sadness too that that I feel in terms of my generation because you know I'm going on my 67th year I mean I've been here a while I've seen a few things and learned a few things but I'm still learning and and that's a beauty for all of us because nobody nobody is exempt from learning doesn't matter what you are what color you are how old you are how young you are how how you feel about yourself you know we can all learn we're all teachers and we're all students and we just have to keep that in mind 
I want to tell everyone what the 13th Amendment is, if you don't know, because I didn't didn't know this. It says, Mm -hmm. the 13th Amendment, which is what the movie 13th is based on, says, Neither neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for a crime, whereof the party shall have duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So basically what that is saying is... You can no longer, slavery is illegal, it's not allowed, unless you are put in prison for a crime, and then you are, once you are a criminal, you are, you can be a slave again, in essence. Is that right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) And think about it. It's, you know, cheap labor. Yeah. Uh, A lot of prisons are on farmlands. Um, It's, uh, um, they're working on, what, um, horse farms, on cattle ranches, um, uh, you name it, just about, except for rehabilitating the prisoners that are there who may be wrongfully put there in the first place. But when you think about, you know, the hardworking citizen of America who happens to be a woman of color who has just learned to work hard because of my mother, who demonstrated that to me, um, and then just participating in that work ethic uh, for 43 years in education, I, I hopefully am hoping for not just uh, all the talk that we're having about what George Floyd has brought to the surface, but just education, period. Because as an educator of 43 years, you see it. You, you, you see the discrimination. You see the bias. You see how black and brown children are treated differently. You see the psychologists having to learn and and label students of color a little bit more, particularly our black boys. And, um, you know, being a mother of three, my oldest is a boy, is my one and only truly um, brought from this womb, my son, and then two girls. But um, we have to protect our children. And as you know, being a, a new mom of beautiful little Sunny Amara keeps me posted about her all the time. She's adorable. I'm so proud of you, Caroline, for becoming a mommy because it changes you. It changes your whole perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I began teaching differently when I became a mother. You did. Because it, it changes how you see things and, and those protective pinions you just want to you know, take them and cuddle them and protect them from all the harm that you know is out there. And unfortunately, you have to love them to let them go to figure it out because they will figure it out. So being a mother of, in particular, a black man, how Mm -hmm. do you navigate that? Because it is like you were saying, like, how is it different for him in this world than maybe a white boy? It is. It's very different. Um, I think I'm, I'm just thinking of stories when he first realized that he was um, was a, a black man, a young black man. Um, I'd say happened around seven or eight years old, and he came home from school, and another little uh, white boy that he thought was his buddy, and um, his name was Will, and at that time, Will's name was Amon. So Amon came home and said that, um, you know, Will called me a bad name, uh, Mom, and I know it wasn't, it wasn't a good word because we have told him certain words you just don't, you, you're not going to accept that because that's not who you are. And it was the N-word, and he was just so upset because he couldn't understand, 
And knowing Amon the way we do, of course, he looked it up and he figured out that, oh, that's a name that was not used very well. And of course, his grandmother just took him up in her arms and said, oh, my goodness, Norma Jean, do you need to go see this mother? Do you need to go talk to them? You better go up to that school <laughs> and do this and do that. And, and it was interesting because it forced the, the um, so third grade class mothers to really come together. Mm. And it forced a conversation because he was so upset about it and he was so distraught about it um, that I could tell being as sensitive as he, he is, he doesn't appear that way, but he really is very sensitive. And um, just taking that information, take it to heart. And you just have to treat it with love, more love, more love, more love, more understanding. Yes, you are different. Um, you're going to be seen as different. You're going to be viewed as different. I can remember when he moved to Arizona and he was stopped at the airport. I get a call at, oh my God, I think it was one o'clock in the morning and he had been falsely arrested. Um, they thought he was a, um, uh, an Egypt, no, it wasn't Egyptian. I believe it was Armenian um, potential bomb threat to the airline industry because he, being light-skinned, uh, we look as though we could be, oh, I mean, I've been accused of being Hispanic, of being Jewish, of, I shouldn't say accused, but being mistaken for those identities and having to explain, no, I'm African-American. You just have to get out more. You know, we come in all shades, all colors, all sizes, and uh, you just have to get out more. Um, but he was accused of being a potential bomber because they had the exact same name except for one initial and two numbers off of their social security number. Wow. Mm. So I was on the phone for about 45 minutes trying to talk to this officer that obviously you have the wrong person. This is not who you think you have. And, but those little things are so key and they add up. They add up in his psyche as a black man. They add up in my psyche as a mother trying to protect her son. Um, they just continue to add up. And I think what we're seeing today is the, whew, it's, it's just an explosion of, you know, enough's enough. It, it's, it's got to stop. We've got to have these kind of conversations and it's important. It's yeah. so vital important. And I just commend you. I told Amara, I said, Caroline is so brave. I said, do you know the guts it takes for her to really come to grips with this? I mean, it's not a conversation that I can have with many of my colleagues, many of my white colleagues who, who are kind of beating around the bush because, you know, I've been the first black in my school. I've been the first black uh, infant and toddler teacher in my school, um, you know, having to go into the communities where they just weren't sure, you know, what are you? Norma, you're so nice. You're so this. But what nationality are you? And having parents, once I say African-American, black, Negro, colored, whatever you're accustomed to, I'm not white. And to see their jaw kind of drop and that look like, oh, no, we, I don't have people like you in my house. I don't have people like you that, that I can um, serve or talk to. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are we going to do? I've been in your house. I've been coming in your house for three well, months. Tell that story about going to make that house call. 
Oh yeah, there's one of my one of my favorite students. I started in Baltimore County um, like 31 years ago as an infant and toddler teacher. I worked in um, special education for all of my career for 43 years. So the students that I serve um, were always different and came in many different shades, nationalities. We would have students coming from all over the world to come to this particular county school. And um, I was on a late call in the afternoon and I went to make a visit, a visit that I'd been making for, mm, I'd say four months. Uh, you go once a week work with the family, you work with the parent, you work with the student, and just, you know, learning new ways, different ways of eating, drinking, uh, maneuvering, things that your baby Sonny is, is able to do and should never be taken for granted because there are many, many parents and children that, that did not experience that. So I've always felt an empathy for, for kids that are different. But at any rate, we are sitting there working and, and – um, um, it comes to her that uh, she really didn't know me very well. She really thought that, well, wow, what's going on with you? And I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> and she gave me those words. She said, but Norma, you're so, you're so pretty. You're so nice. But, but what nationality are you? And I said, I'm African-American. And she's, her, her jaw dropped to the floor. She couldn't believe it. This was a grandmother taking care of her granddaughter while her daughter was at work because you had to work with the student to, to work on different skills. Mm -hmm. And it took time. It takes time to get to learn and to know what they can and cannot do. And, and um, she just kind of stood up. And I said, but I've had your delicious strawberry shortcake. We've had a cup of tea together. I mean, that was our ritual. We would do things like that. She would make something special, and I loved it. But at that moment, I felt a tinge of fear when I saw her husband <laughs> coming in the back door. They had just done a fresh kill. They had killed a deer. And um, uh, she told her husband, John, that, uh, you know, we have an inn in the house. And... Um, and, and, and woman at that. After and, all that had tea and been hanging out for months? And I said, oh, my goodness. That, that's not right, Susan. You know better than that. That's not a word you can use around me. But I must admit, if you don't address it at the moment when it's happening, it, it just kind of pithers into the atmosphere as if nothing had happened. Because I had to let her know in that time and moment that that wasn't going to settle with me. That wasn't going to be right. And in order for me to continue, we had to make it right. But I want you to know, through the years, through the years, through the years, we became so close. And um, I attended her funeral. Her family was there. We embraced. We, you know, they considered me like the, the auntie of the household. Her granddaughter is now uh, 26 years old. She's a lovely young lady. She got a, a job at a McDonald's, not too far in their neighborhood, but that's what I mean. You know, we've got to take the you time. Have to, you have to, you have, have to, to. you have to speak up. You have to say something. If you see something wrong, you got to say something. It's just not going to sit anymore. And, and, you know, my temperament, it may be different than, somebody else who's going to shout it out. 
That's just not me. That's not my MO. But I am willing to talk to you about it. And I can give you that teacher look like, whoa. You had forgiveness in your heart for her that you were able to still become friends with her, stay friends with her. I mean, that's a lot. That's what I'm realizing a bunch about the African American community is mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. as, a, as a community have had to take so much injustice okay. and yet you mm -hmm. still have joy. You still have forgiveness. You yes. still are willing mm -hmm. to have these conversations and it's just, Gosh, that's, 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 it's so, um, I can see why also the African-American is so, the community is so spiritual because it's just like, yeah, definitely it's so big. Mm -hmm. like it's such a big yeah. stance to be able to have so much love for life mm -hmm. still and, and yeah. being, just being, having so yeah. much stacked against you for so long. It's just systematic and i'm getting the systematic exactly. part of it now i didn't get the systematic part of it forever oh yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 all derived to keep us in a certain space and we can't be put in a space and that space we've been able to outgrow and it's just time to to let us grow and be and be that we're not asking for a handout we're asking for an opportunity just to be on the same leveling plane that's all we've ever asked for we can take care of ourselves i mean look at the tulsa massacre in what was that 1921 that was black wall street it was totally annihilated they they sent bombs they killed black people in the streets children women well, of course, the black men, because you have to destroy the seed. The seed comes from the man. So the man produces the seed through the woman, and it's perpetuated that, you know, we've always known we had to protect our seed. We had to protect our, particularly our black male children more than ever, more than ever before. But now, today, we got to protect our female children, too, our daughters, because they're being pulled over and killed, too. Yeah, the 13th is a heavy, heavy movie um we just saw just mercy oh man over at my brother's house that's another good one we're all people we're all human we're just human beings and we happen to be different colors and we happen to be different races but guess what where, where did i read where we uh we came in we all came in on a different boat but you know we're all in the same boat now so what are we gonna do right <laughs> We got to hack it out. We got to work it out. We have to figure it out. And it's going to take all of us, both of us. It's going to take everybody to do it. We can't do it alone and you can't do it alone. So I just didn't realize the economic benefit of oppression. That is where I feel like super naive. And I didn't realize how much <clears throat> the economy benefits by keeping people in prison. And I actually wanted to read this thing that Ava nope. said um, about it. She said, the problem is that this is from Scott Woods. It wrote, wrote yeah. that Ava, who wrote and directed um, 13th post. Mm -hmm. She said, the problem is that white people see racism as conscious hate when racism is bigger than that. Racism is a complex system of social and political levers and police yeah. set up generations ago to continue working on the behalf of whites at other people's expense, whether whites know or like it or not. Racism is an insidious cultural disease. It is so insidious that it doesn't care if you are a white person who likes black people. It's still going to find a way to affect you, infect you, 
<clears throat> infect how you deal with people who don't look like you. Yes. yes. Yes, racism looks like hate, but hate is just one manifestation. Privilege is another. Access is another. Ignorance yeah. is another. Apathy is another, and so on. So while I agree with people who say no one is born racist, it remains a powerful system that we're immediately born into. It's like being born into air. You take it in as soon as you breathe. It's not yeah. a cold that you can get over. There is no anti-racist certification class. It's a set of socio-economic traps and cultural values that are fired up every time we interact with the world. Yeah. The thing you have to keep scooping out of the boat of your life to keep from drowning mm -hmm. in it. I know it's mm -hmm. hard work, but it's the price you pay for owning everything. And that's from Scott Woods. And I just, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I can, I can see that. Yeah. 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 I can see that too. Cause I, I was thinking about the whole, um, you know, everybody's talking about now, uh, the, uh, you know, defunding police and it, it's kind of put up an uproar with, and I have um, to be honest with you, Norma, so I, with that. I don't know what that means. I know. And that like makes me feel nervous. So like, well, I want the police, they protect us. Uh, but it's a scary thing to talk about. But that's what, yeah. that's what it's meant to do. In other words, it's meant to strike fear in white people so that you think, oh my God, now we're not going to have any laws. We're, we, everybody's going to be running around. It's going to be the wild, wild west. Well, guess what? It's been the wild, wild west for black people for a long time. And it continues to be that way. It's just not that way for you. When you call the police, you know you're going to be protected. Every black person that calls the police is is not necessarily protected. And when I think about, you know, we've defunded mental health care. God knows we've defunded education. When I think of the programs when my son, when Amara and Will were in school, the physical education programs, art, music programs were trying to be cut. And that was back in, um, what, the 90s, uh, mid-90s. They were trying to defund well, they did defund those parts of education. We had to hold fundraisers to earn enough money so that we could keep our PE teacher, keep our music teacher, keep our art teacher so that our children could receive those services. What do you mean we haven't defunded before? We've defunded, we've defunded education all the time. I hope parents are now more aware of what teachers really do. And that Amen we can quarantine. You know, Everybody's yeah. having to teach their kids. They're like, oh my gosh, teachers, I love you. Oh now. You better help your baby's teacher every single chance you get. Yes. If she or he needs it, you make sure they have it because it ain't easy. It's not easy when you're one person, you got 22 kindergartners in your group and you've got to figure out what to do, how to do it, and keep it moving and keep learning going. We've defunded education for, for years. We've defunded recreation and parks programs, especially in most major cities. We've defunded those. Those kids, we, don't, no, we no longer have the, the computer labs we once had. We no longer have the, the programs that help children come in after school, learn to do their homework, learn a skill. Even some of our vocational schools have had to cut back in terms of teaching kids who aren't necessarily going to college. Everybody doesn't have to go to college. We need plumbers. We need electricians. We need, we need people that can fix cards. We need all those, those, those other you know, jobs that were suddenly viewed as non-essential, which now we know are essential, you know, these essential workers. So, so when we've got to just invest in our people and stop pretending that those programs don't impact our society as a whole, because they do. 
all those little things are connected to the bigger dot of helping us be um, a much more rounded society. We've, we've got the haves and the have nots and we've, we've got to even out the playing field. Will you we explain to. to me, because I have been very nervous about this and I am not, I, I actually avoid confrontation at all costs. So the fact that I am having these okay. conversations, it means a lot to me to educate. What does defund the police mean to you? Like in the best way possible, like, cause you still want the police out there, obviously. Oh, of course. So and and I, yeah. Yeah. And all police officers are not bad. Exactly. All you know, we had a great resource police officer at my school who, um, Officer Tim was one of the, oh my God, wonderful, wonderful police officer. He would escort the students in. He got to know them. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't speak highly enough of the police officers that are there to really help and assist us. But defunding police to me means that we are cutting back some of the funding going into perpetuating our warrior-like response to everything. We, we've got to come away from this warrior mentality of domination of, uh, it kind of reminds me back in slavery times of the slave catchers. You know, we've become, the police has almost become like a slave catcher as opposed to um, helping that person through the situation. We've seen it when you watch the the protesters, when you see police officers pushing people to the side and then the supervisor wants to, you know, keep it moving, keep the line moving, keep them down. But there was a person that was thrown on the ground. You, you, you need to make sure they get help. I mean, it, it's just taking a portion of that funding and spreading it into the communities where it, community programs are already in place, but they need help. Right. Most major cities, every single solitary parks and rec program needs help. Every single solitary um, after school care program needs help. Um, mental health. Like the, and then mental health. We're not even talking about, um, I'm thinking of some of my students who were autistic and who um, maybe have verbal language and reading and really are able to read on a, a pre primer level. But if they were to become confronted with a police officer who didn't understand the hand waving or, or them twirling around or, or thinking that maybe they were on drugs and, and that they just don't understand. You know, we need, we've always needed more social workers. We've always needed more mental health care facilities and people who are really in there. We've always need more counselors. That, that's, they've known that. Studies have proved that. We always need psychologists that can sit down with a student, help them de-escalate. And that would help the police department so that you can really concentrate on developing those relationships in your community. And we're really only talking maybe, I've seen some statistics, I'm trying to think of where I saw that. Um, it was on MSNBC, but at any rate, like reducing the, the programs, just 16% of a police budget I think they could do without and and let it infiltrate into your city's programs that are already existing uh, but help to support your community we have to we've gotten to the place where you got to reinvest in people you can't just keep policing them you can't just keep enslaving them you can't just keep putting us in a bind or in a corner where all we want to do is fight that's all you know we have to always be on the defense
Yeah. And, you know, we've got a lot of offensive players in our community. We've got a lot of brilliant people who have thought about this and who have tried it. And um, let's start using what we got because we don't have to go outside. We don't have to go outside of our um, country. They're all right here. We have plenty. We have plenty of people to help us. Um, and let's just start listening and actually start doing it. You know, defunding the police. Oh, my God. No, we can't get rid of the police department. How are we going to get rid of the police department? I think that's the misnomer. You know what I mean? It's not a full, you know, just, okay, we're going to get rid of them and put the money somewhere else. It's, you know, when I show up to a protest and there are 25 policemen in riot gear, is that really necessary for a peaceful protest? You know, it's just, it's just, and then that, you know, just creates that angst within people. And so it's, you know, it's, it's like, do we need to, you know, for Breonna Taylor, for those uh, officers who were serving that no knock warrant um, in Louisville, you know, do, do they need to show up with, you know, unmarked this and that vehicles and, you know, full on, yeah. vest and nighthawk special ops gear to run up in her house like like no you know and so i think to me defunding the police is like okay how can we take a portion of what would be used to instill fear in the community and take that portion of money and Put it into mental health, put it into the community center, put it into parks and recreation, put it into, you know, some sort of de-escalation programs. And not assuming that everyone is just a criminal. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Why is it that the person, the black man is always, always assumed to be guilty? 
What, what is that psyche that we've been programmed to believe? And it's been deeply programmed. You know, we, we have this collective grief to me that we're feeling and it's a, I just, I just feel a history of, you know, weariness. It's tired of having to prove our humanity without sounding, you know, angry um, or, you know, out of control. But, you know, the truth is I am angry, but I can demonstrate that anger towards purpose and peace and understanding. I know how to do that. So I'm not saying all black people know how to do that because I can't speak for all black people. But I know that we are angry for a good reason. And it's time to just stop <laughs> hiding behind it because we have got to deal with the systemic racism in this country. I'm so encouraged by looking at all of the cues and people from all over the world just 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 kind of grappling with this as as we grapple together because it's hard it's tiring it's exhausting it's and it's big. it wears you out it's a <laughs> big issue i mean now that i can see the depth of the systemic racism it is big it's going to it's like moving I, I mean, just, it's, it's so big. It, it, takes, is. it takes so much energy to shift this. And I do think it's been slowly shifting, but it hasn't really changed in some ways. Also, it seems from yeah. what I'm gathering as a very, yeah. very unex, un, uneducated, unexperienced person to talk about this. I just want to keep saying that I do not, I am so, so naive to so many things and I don't at all want to act like I know anything. But from what I am starting to learn, it just seems like it is just so huge. I mean, it has made progress, but it also hasn't made progress. Sure, sure, sure. But I think by talking about it, you know, I think, I think for some reason it, it's just like you've, I, I feel like a little more edge coming off, you know, <laughs> because we have to be willing to talk about it and negotiate and to come up, you know, you're going to have an idea that I didn't think of. I'm going to have an idea you didn't think of. So why not collectively let's put all those great ideas together and make it better for, for Sunny, make it better for, you know, my future grandchildren. If I ever have any, I'm just, wow, mom. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> the future is good. And I'm so, um, I'm so overjoyed with that to the point of um, uh, of crying because it, it makes me feel that there is hope, even if I don't see it in my lifetime. Hopefully my children or my children's children will see it in theirs and, and the, you know, the sunnies of the world. And when I think of little Mikey and Sarah and, you know, Matthew, um, my stepson Michael's children, and, you know, when I think of... Um, my neighbor's grandkids when, you know, they're coming outside and we're looking out in the garden, our collective garden out here. And, and, you know, they run up to each other. They don't see the, the color. They, they see a friend. They, they see someone that they want to be with. And I think um, because our world is meshing, you know, it's becoming more colored anyway. So there are powers that be that don't want to see that happen. And I get that. And I think that the danger is for, people like yourself to, to to get involved and to not be silent about it 
because you've got to carry on the generation that you're coming from because your parents were brought up with a whole different idea and their parents were brought up with a whole different idea. Um, and we've got to help change the narrative so that they understand, you know what? That's the way it is. We are meshing. We are becoming one world. We're becoming one race and it's the human race. And no matter what <laughs> colors may pop out, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about love and, and love conquers all. And I truly, truly believe that. But I, I want to get back to your point about being um, from a spiritual standpoint. I think as a people, I always go back to God. I know that's my reference because um, I feel very, very strong about prayer. I feel very strong about um, protecting my children as they have moved out into the various points of the world is I can't reach them. I can't touch them. I can't, you know, put my hand on them anymore. So my avenue or my um, warfare, if you will, is, is prayer and not just praying for them, but praying for those that they come in contact with prayer for those that they come in contact, you know, changing the hearts and minds of men prayer that surpasses all understanding. I truly, truly believe that. And I think as a people, we always have, but we have a generation now that, you know what, they may not take the time to come down on their knees. Like I will. Well, that's how I can help because I'm a be on my prayer chair. I'm going to be praying and I'm going to be calling it out and I'm going to be saying like, saying it like it is because we have to, we got to cover each other. You know, I send out a prayer every single morning to my family because I know how important it is that they are covered. Whether they don't read it until they get ready to go to bed, it doesn't matter. I want to put it out there. I want that energy out there so that they know they are divinely protected and that they have a purpose. And that purpose is real. And you just have to walk each day, take each one step at a time and, and feel, fulfill that purpose that you were meant to do. But Norman, I want you to know, you have raised one of the most incredible daughters <laughs> and humans that I have ever known. And everyone who meets Amara feels that same way. Amara is truly, I, I say it all the time, she is one of the most spiritual, gifted, wise, but yet got edge and funk and like can like speak to a whole crowd and like move them to their knees and move their souls. But yeah, or she can just be in a room and like be listening. She just, Amara is one of the most beautiful souls I have ever met. And I know that comes from you, Norma. And I know Aww. you raised her right, but truly, I mean, I learned so much from Amara every day. And I feel like the reason I want to have these conversations on a big level is because of Amara I and our friendship and knowing that I love Amara so much and that you, you love me and we can have honest conversations as friends about yeah. stuff that, you know, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 And I can remember when we first met Caroline, when you guys were working for the other record, a record company and we went to that, um, what was it? it was, it's a, um, not Chinese restaurant. I don't want to say that. Um, Asian restaurant and we all sat in that round table and we uh, we ordered stuff and I just remember sitting next to you thinking 
oh my goodness, this girl is a force. She is something else. I said, Amar, I'm so happy you're meeting some really good people because I just, I was fearful for her. I'll be honest. I was fearful for her moving to, um, to Nashville. And, um, what were your you know, it's very, very white, very country. It's proven itself through a great friend like you because you have been so, so good to Amara. And I just love you and I just appreciate you so much. And I'm so proud of you and Michael and your little Sonny. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to meet her one day and uh, just to let her know how much I love and appreciate her mom because you are special. Well, I appreciate that. But I mean, I love Amara. I learn from Amara every day. Like, just how to be a better person, because Amara is the best person ever. What we, do you on all yeah, this, Amara? I don't, I don't think we have any surface-level conversations. Ever. <laughs> Caroline will just call me, and she's like, can I just? I'm like, mm-hmm. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. I just need, you know, to cry or to scream or to whatever. And I think that's what I'm learning throughout this time especially is how important it is to have people in your life that are safe places. Yes. You know, and all, all of you who are listening, your friends of color, your black friends need a safe place to express their sadness, their anger, their afraidness, their gladness, whatever it is that they're feeling in that moment. Yeah. We all just need a safe place mm -hmm. to express it, you know? And um, I'm, I mean, this is, uh, this has been really fun for me to just sit back and, and listen, to be honest, because, um, you know, people that know my mom, they're like, okay, like, totally, totally understand you. I get it now, connecting the dots here. Um, but people that, don't know my mother, um, you know, I think one of my biggest compliments that I've ever received is uh, sometimes people say, you know, it just kind of, it just feels like peace when you walk into a room. Yes, that is yeah. so true, Amara, about you. Thank you. And I must say that, you know, growing up, I... You know, I had a mother that laid her hands on me and prayed every single morning. Would touch me and Ari. We shared we shared a room our whole life. And um, at one point, we even shared a bed. We slept in the same king-size bed. It was so fun. She might tell you differently, but it was so fun. It was like slumber parties every night with my little sister. But I always remember waking up in that bed or I was not awake, but my mother Never. was awake. Yeah. I'm, I'm the worst at getting up. I'm oh my God. Awful. Uh, Diesel would not let me wake her. He, he would growl at me to, if I'm touching her. It's like, Oh my God, get out of here, dog. <laughs> trained him right. But I have these just very sweet memories of being barely conscious, but, um, hearing my mother just, pray over us. And so I think about now, you know, the prayers that like my grandmother prayed and that her grandmother prayed and that my mother prayed. And those are the prayers that are 
touching me now. You know, I think about the way I live my life and how I'm actually carrying out dreams that my grandmother probably had Mm -hmm. and never got to see, you know. So I feel um, very honored to be um, exactly where I am, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, but I'm here. You know, we talk about that all the time. It's like, I feel like I've reinvented myself so many times here in Nashville and Caroline's been, been right there through all the transitions. You're like, Oh, so you're going to, Oh, so you're going to, you're going to um, do spoken word now. Okay, great. Okay. So you're going to be a teacher at the women's prison. Yeah. Great. Totally see that for you. Okay. So you're going to be a model now. Okay, great. Yep. Totally see that, you know, and just, just having, uh, having someone who, really sees me is very special so thank you tell me what you have learned from your mother Amara Mm, how much time do we have (laughs) Uh, I have learned I definitely think I have learned how to communicate with people you know, like in the, in the same way, you know, mom, I heard you just be like, you know, I'm not going to be like yelling and all up in your face. Although I have seen her yelling, get in people's faces. Um, her kids though, you know, uh, but I'm absolutely the same way. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, not someone who I feel like I've, I've just learned to have a even temperament, especially if I'm trying to communicate something of importance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something everyone no. can learn because that's effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, definitely learned a lot about work ethic. Um, although my mother probably would be like, oh, you have? Because I live my life very differently. <laughs> and I am, uh, you know, very oh, much. Lord, 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 that's why I pray. <laughs> the very spirit of the family. Um, oh, God. <laughs> but I have, I've learned, um, I've learned that people will remember how you treat them. And I've watched my mother spend her life serving others and serving students who are different. I've grown up Um, being in and out of uh, her workplace and in and out of her classroom and sitting with her students who some are verbal, some are nonverbal. And I think that has definitely affected me, always being very aware that I am just the fact that I woke up this morning. I'm blessed. You know what I mean? Just the fact that I woke up in my right mind and I can see and I can use my arms and I can you know, I I have full control of my body, you know, watching so many um, kids who don't and who it's, it's a victory for them to, you know, walk without a walker one day, you know, or to be able to have that job at McDonald's. It's a big deal. You know, so I feel like I've just watched the way she serves people and serves families and serves our family very much the matriarch of our family um 
and we we just enjoy being together you know like i think my love language is quality time mom what's your love language is it quality time um i never did figure i mean i didn't finish all the booked and then you like gifts i like gifts but i think quality time and uh, like yeah and words of affirmation words of affirmation definitely mm -hmm. i can't um get up and get out of the door i don't even go walking before i have to read you know certain affirmations that help me just prepare my mind mm -hmm. for the day uh even though i'm not i used to do it because before going to the workplace Whew, you know, you got to be ready because as soon as you walk in the door, it's jumping. Things are happening. Right. You got to get your spiritual armor on. You got to get your mindset. You got to get your yeah. attentions right yeah. when you're walking. Yep. In. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you I, never, yeah. You never know if you're going to run into somebody who's having a bad day. You don't. I feel like I've, I've also learned to, um, I, I don't think that I'm as, um, outspoken as my mother is but I'm getting there as I get older but I've watched my mother just say things in the moment and how important it is to call things out in the moment and don't let that moment pass especially if you feel you know someone has said something mm -hmm. to upset you people cannot read your mind people you know don't know what they don't know so um, you know I learn a lot just watching the way that she interacts with other people mm -hmm. uh, and then just you know what's what's important in life and it's it's just loving on the people that love you and um being you know just being an encouragement mm -hmm. um, being positive yeah. Love, like Amara, give love. That actually comes from my mother. You know, that was one of her catchphrases. Give love. Give love. Give love. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I learned a lot. And we, we have, I feel like we're still learning so much right now, especially because we get to also not just be mother and daughter, but we get to be friends. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we tell you're each finally, other. You're finally old enough. Right, I'm finally old enough. <laughs> so we get to, you know, we get to just have real conversations about our hopes and our dreams and what we're afraid of and what we're thinking about and what is next and what, you know, what's really going on, you know, without that like filter. Amara, you what have you learned from the prison ministries? Because for everyone listening, Amara goes and she helps women who are in prison write mm -hmm. poetry about their lives yeah so right now we're actually i'm getting to meet with a lot of my students on zoom who have um who've been released so um you know because obviously hashtag covid mm -hmm. we, we can't go into prison right now well, i guess it's um, called safe place what safe, safe place poetry circle place poetry circle before COVID mm -hmm. happened tell me what your experience yeah. was in the prison ministries um so I like to say it's a mixture of like group therapy meets poetry writing so we would spend you know 
spend the first 10 minutes of class just kind of doing like what I say, just like a doing a dump. So like, come in, I want you to spend the first 10 minutes just writing about whatever you want to write about. Even if it's, I don't know what to write about. I want you to write that down. Even if it's, I don't want to be here. I want you to write that down. And so like taking an opportunity to get into your body and get into how you feel because a lot of, I, I just, I have a big heart for people that aren't seen, you know, like even, you know, even like just all kinds of service workers and people that, you know, we, we just kind of workers now. Yeah. don't look at, right? We don't even look at them. We just, you know, swipe our cards and keep it moving or whatever. But um, women in prison are, they're also mothers and they're sisters and they're aspiring songwriters and, you know, someone to be on radio, someone to, you know, just have good jobs to support themselves and their families, right? Um, some want to become teachers. Some want to become teachers and they have, you know, they've, they've made a mistake and now they're in this, um, in this world where they're not treated as a human. You know, you're, you're told when to eat, you're told when to sleep, you're told what to wear, you're told, um, you know, it's, it's even, uh, you know, it's just, it's dehumanizing, you know, you're in a room full of other women, you know, having to go to the bathroom and use the shower. And, you know, it's all just can be very, very um, disheartening, dehumanizing, let alone like there is no rehabilitation. So my whole idea was, you know what, I'm going to take a program where even if it's just for an hour or two, I want you to sit in this room as my equal as someone who is just trying to figure it out and we're going to try and figure it out together. And I, um, at the time was reading just mercy. I was reading the power of now, um, was reading, uh, the four agreements, which I know you and Michael love. Um, you know, it was just really just sharing my knowledge was taking notes on every Oprah super soul conversation I had. They didn't have access to podcasts. And so I was just, sharing what I knew um, or what I had heard and we would have a discussion about it and then we would write some poetry about it. And um, learn about those women because you told me when they wrote down their yeah. poetry yeah. about themselves, what did you, what happened in those moments? Yeah, I mean, well, we, we I implemented a rule um, which was no negative self-talk. So that was, uh, that was really interesting because so many of them had been told by spouses, by ex-boyfriends, by, um, you know, accent, by, you know, parents, Mm -hmm. um, just by, you know, by people that they're, they're trash, they're nothing, they're not going to amount to anything, you know, the uh, one girl was, uh, you know, 26 years old and she's got five kids and it's like, you know, she's like, how am I ever going to get out of the cycle of poverty? How am I ever going, you know, there's so, so many that 
um, were thankful for prison because they felt, or for jail, I'm sorry, because they felt, you know, their backs were against the wall. Um, and that it, it saved their life. But I, I challenged each one of them to look at, okay, let's just assume that for whatever reason, I know it's fucked up, but you are here for a reason. And your only job right now is to work on you. You cannot do anything for your families right now. You cannot do anything for your job, for whatever, whoever you were before you came in here. Your only job right now is to focus on what energy am I putting into the world? How am I, you know, contributing to the own mess of my life? Um, and how, how can I make that better? How can I start changing some of, how can I start, go from I feel worthless to I feel worthy? How do we get there? How do we get see that happen in some of your students? Yeah. I mean, just through their, just through their poetry, they're all brilliant, brilliant writers, you know, and just, you know, a lot of them is just like, no one's ever asked me what I think about self-worth. No one's ever asked me, you know, to create a safe place, you know, for myself and for my cellmates, you know, I've never been challenged to do that. So um, I would say everyone rose to the challenge, you know, and you see that in their writing from the first week to the sixth week when they graduate, you know, you can absolutely see it in their writing. Um, and just, you know, it's not my job to, as you are always say, I, I told them, I feel very unqualified. I am not a teacher. I'm not certified to, <laughs> to do this program. I just, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I made it up because <laughs> I love it because I, I just see a need and I, I wanted to, I just wanted to be here with you. Um, and just the power of like sitting with someone who feels less than and you just seeing them and just saying, Hey, I see you and I'm going to sit right here with you. I get it. You don't feel worthy, but what if you did? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you are right. And what if you did, you know, what would, what would that look like? And so we did a lot of stuff like writing. Um, Cause a lot of the trauma happened when they were little. Right. So spend a lot of time writing to your younger self. So I want you to write to your younger self right now and, and comfort her. What would you write? What would you tell her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the sad part of that whole um, travesty is when the the women who were there in the prison didn't have a mother who could help them, you know, or an auntie or a, a mama's best friend or someone to to come in and to to help them work through their their own tragedy because their mamas didn't know and their mama's mama didn't know. You know, again, we're getting back to the recycling of of people in the prison system. Yeah. And when you're in it and you see these women and the light turns on, you know, we just, 
hope and pray that that light just never goes out again. And that's why yeah. you're saying it has to be you know? fostered. It has to be shown. It has, it has to. to be nurtured. Yeah. Someone has mm -hmm. to teach you that, that you are worthy. Mm -hmm. It's been the time to let you figure out how to find that within yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. if you're never totally. shown that, then how do yeah. you know? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. That is so true. That is so true. I know I wanted to. Um, I'm sorry. Are we out of time? No, no, no. go ahead. I want, what? No, I'm. I was going to um, um, share with you that um, I was thinking about the law enforcement community as a whole, and um, I loved what the mayor did of, of Atlanta when she spoke as a, as a mother mm -hmm. to her community and how, um, you know, I was thinking that there's so many mothers who heard George Floyd you know, call to his mother. Yeah. And I think it just touched uh, such a universal nerve for, for all of us on that mother frequency because, uh, you know, you do, you do end up on another frequency when you become a mother. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't have to become a mother to get on that frequency. I want to make that very clear too because there are many women who are mothers to, to all of us who never really birthed a child, but my God, they, they supply all the nurture and, and everything that we need to, to move forward. But I was just thinking of, um, of something I wrote down last night. I was up early in the morning writing and uh, I can thank my daughter for that because she um, encourages me too. You know, it's a mutual aberration society. And when you uh, are blessed enough to have children who grow into wonderful human beings, it's easy to share and to have conversation and to just be on a frequency that um, is just unimaginable. It, it really is. It's so precious and it's so dear. Uh, and we're very, very, very fortunate to have that. There has to be such a blessing as a mom to be able to have that relationship with your kids and they're grown. Just to be like, God, I have good kids. Like, I love my kids. Not just like, yeah. they're mine, but I just love them. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, and I wanted to share with you what I wrote at, you know, the wee hours of the morning. Okay. And I said to, um, to the law enforcement community as a mother and protector of all children, I want you to let our children live and to see our children. Look at them as you would your own children. They are beautiful. They are full of life. They contribute to this world. They are full of love and promise. They are strong. They are peacemakers and bridge builders. They are future directed. They are dreamers. They are smart. They are important. They are inventors and innovators. They are compassionate. They are full of wonder and amazement. They are all of our children. Wow. It's beautiful, Norma. And I just, it came to me and I thought, oh my, that sounds like an, an Amara inspiration. <laughs> it does sound like an Amara inspiration. That's beautiful. That's awesome, Mom. You like it? Okay, you yeah. can put it in your book if you want. You can Maybe when I come home, I'll teach you how to post that on Instagram. Oh, good idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm. I'll just cut that clip and put it in the video and post it on Instagram. There we go. <laughs> okay, so I just want to tell you what an honor it has been 
to be able to talk to both of you. Uh, Norma, I love Amara. You've raised an amazing daughter. And I've always loved you, Norma. Every time I'm around you, you just have that same kind of peaceful spirit that Amara has. Obviously, it's genetic. I appreciate you guys letting me fumble through this conversation, this uncomfortable conversation that I don't know anything about. For everyone listening, I am learning. I am trying to learn. I am taking recommendations of movies to watch, of books to read. Like I am diving in to black culture because I want to know. And I am that when I'm learning, it's heavy and it's hard. And sorry if I say everything wrong. I just have to keep saying that because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying. And so thank you all for letting me have this conversation. Um, everyone listening, I encourage you to go educate yourself. Go watch 13th on Netflix. Go watch Just Mercy. Yes. Definitely. Go watch When They See Us. That's what I want to watch next. Ava also did that one. Go watch these movies and just like open your eyes up to what's happening in the black culture. We need to know about this because like y'all been saying, we are all in this together. We are all yeah. here. So let's, let's learn and let's be part of the change. And so I would love to end my podcast. I always end it with Leave Your Light. What is your hope for this world? Hmm. Um. What is my hope for this world? Um, I was, I think John Lewis said something the other day. I saw him on Ellen DeGeneres and he said that, um, and I thought it was so profound. America's young people going to turn this world upside down in order to turn it right side up. I thought, wow, that says a lot because that's what gives me hope. It's our future. It's our young people. It's, it's all of our children who are, whether they're racially mixed, whether they're pure bloods, whatever they are, that all of our children, because we're all God's children, but all of our children are going to make the difference and bring us to the next level. And we're going to get there. I love that. I That's love great. That. What That's are you awesome. Doing, what is your hope for this world? Hmm. My hope for this world is that um, is that we would spend more time listening mm. and less time just not be so quick to voice our opinions, you know, and that, that goes for me too. I've actually had a lot of conversations this past week where I've been challenged to, Hey, Amara, you're not going to change my mind right away. And just because this is what you think, it's not the right thing. And I've been really challenged by that. And I think it's, it's absolutely right. We all just, my hope is that we can spend time listening to one another mm before we speak. Thank you both for joining me. This was my honor. Thank you, Caroline. To have you for Thank you for making your podcast debut and sharing right? your heart. Woo-hoo. And I get to be part of this mother-daughter conversation that is so passionate. Uh, I just want to wrap up by saying I I fumbled through this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to educate myself. So everyone listening, Amara and Norma, thank you for having this conversation with me. And 
please everyone give me grace for not knowing what I'm doing. I just want to be a part of the change because we need to educate ourselves. So thank you for coming on and taking the time out of your day to talk with me oh, and talk with my thank listeners. You. I appreciate you it. I love thank you, you for being you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.